on this week's Patriot Nation podcast, we are uh, going over what was a really a terrible game in uh, against Kansas City last week. Uh, we'll talk a little bit about that. We'll talk a little bit about the referees. Talk a little bit about Spygate 2.0. What a flipping joke that is. And uh, I guess we'll talk about the Bengals, but they suck, so probably not. But, you know, it's still uh, it's a heck of a show. So buckle up and cue the music. Stack receivers, two to the right. Russell Wilson extends the hands. He has it. Wilson, quick throw. And it's We are back, and uh, man, that, that game—I've been—I've been waiting for this all week because that game just left a bad taste in my mouth, man. Oh man, I mean, uh, it was just like it, it, the Patriots are like a bad friend that just like every you know every time you try to like I don't want to say this and take it the wrong way, but they're like that one person that they just do a little bit something nice to keep you around. And like that, that's how the offense is. They're like, this offense yeah. sucks, yeah. but they do a little bit something like come back in the fourth quarter, make you right. believe, make you believe. And then, you know, like, I, I don't even know if that was a good analogy, but you get what I mean. It's just, I know exactly. They were so bad. I, I've never, I said it, I've never seen a team that can get humiliated and, and just totally outplayed for, you know, 60 to 70% of games and still be in the game at the end and still have a chance to, to win on the last play of the game. Right. It's unbelievable. I mean, they, they were putrid in the first half, just absolutely putrid offensively, defensively. They were an absolute train wreck the whole, the whole game really until, until like the third, fourth, late in the third quarter, the fourth quarter, they were terrible. And then all of a sudden you look up and you're like, Oh my God, like they're down by 10 and they're driving. Like, this is crazy, you know? And so you had all the stuff with the referees. And I think that, look, that's the elephant in the room, right? And I think, but I think for you, Spags, I think that that's, that's an important point because they, that's what they've been doing for years where they'll play like crap. And, you know, you'll think they should be getting blown out. And you look at the scoreboard and you're like, oh, they're only down by 10. Like they have a chance. And then next thing you know, they make a play or two here and there. And all of a sudden they win the game. And, and, you know, teams walk out of the building like, are you kidding me? Like we crushed that team the whole damn game. We lost the, how the hell that happened, you know? And so it just, um, you know, that's something they've been doing for years, but like you said, I mean, especially true this year, especially with the offense, man, they've just been so up and down. And I think I, I like your friend analogy. I would almost say like, it's almost like a boyfriend slash girlfriend analogy where they treat you like crap and you know, you shouldn't go back for more, but you keep going back because they're like, <laughs> Oh, they were sweet to me, you know, that night or whatever. And then, and then it's like, you know, meanwhile, they're treating you like crap and this and that. And so uh, we we have been very, very lucky for a long time oh, yeah, that our team yeah. hasn't been like that. And so, you know, they're doing a little bit of that this year. And so it's it's definitely frustrating. The one thing, too, about the Chiefs, and, and I was saying this to, to some of my buddies, and, and I think it's true. Since Mahomes has got there, they've played three games. All three games yeah. have come down to the last play of the game. Right. You know, the, the first matchup, they threw that beautiful – 
think it was a little go route to Gronk to set up the game winner with time expiring right. to Gostowski. Then you get the overtime, and then you get the the back down by Breland in the end zone to, to win the game. I have never seen a team really, and everybody likes to shit on the Chiefs and Andy Reid since, honest to God, like the last ten years. Really, I, I can't think of a team that's more evenly matched with than the Chiefs are with the Patriots. Like they are just as good as us, and and they're proving it every every game. Two of them at right. home, it's came down to the last play. Yep. It, it, this is a and everyone. Oh, I want him again. I want him again. Yeah, I want him again too. But that team can beat you. They they are just as 100%. good, if not better than you. They're better than you for most of that game, right? Yep. I'd say seventy five percent of that game they are better than you. Without AFC a doubt. championship game, they were better than you for fifty fifty yeah, percent. Of the game. That was a very sure. yeah. very evenly matched game. I think whoever yeah. had the ball, whoever won that toss, was winning that game with the way the offenses were playing. This is such an evenly matched game. It's great football, whether you win or lose. You know, obviously we want them to win. It's always a great game with them. I can't think of another team that they are so evenly matched with. And that, that says a lot about the Chiefs because you know who the Patriots are. Right. Well, and that's and 100% true. I mean, I, I just – you look at it and just say, well, yeah. I mean, they've they've held their own against the Patriots on a consistent basis. It's one thing to hold your maybe, own every now and again. I, I throw Baltimore in that thing too. Yeah. You know, Baltimore's been up and down, down right? But Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Right. Even when but, Alex you're right, was when here, they it, was, were, it was great games. Yeah, no, you're right. When they were in their heyday, I mean, they, you know, they still, they competed against us and really, you know, played well. And so, uh, but you're right. The Chiefs at this point are, are like that, where they're not afraid. They come in, they play hard and, you know, they're, they're tough to beat. And especially that offense is really tough to contain. And so, you know, we talked about it last week on the show. Um, you know, the Patriots aren't screwed, right? They're still the two seed. They have to win out. Uh, now at this point, the Bills have four losses. The Patriots have three losses. Even if the Patriots would lose to the Bills, they'd still win the division, assuming they won the other two games because the second tiebreaker is a common opponent. So they would have split the season series. The second tiebreaker is a common opponent. The Bills lost to the Browns. The Patriots beat the Browns. I mean, it's like, it's it's that ridiculous. Like, we're talking about, like, insane. Like, the Patriots beat the Browns and the Bills lost to them. And so, therefore, they would have the tiebreaker over them because that's a second tiebreaker. I mean, like, that's preposterous. But either way, they haven't clinched the AFC East but they've basically clinched the AFCs. The problem is, you know, if you lose those other two games or you lose that game against the Jets, now you're the three seed going to Kansas City, and I don't feel good about that at all. So you have to win these next three games. And for me, I'm still praying that Houston, even though they got blown out last week by some bum team, the freaking Broncos, but, you know, if Houston can win out and 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 Kansas City somehow loses a game. you got to be a Chargers fan for these next few weeks. Right, that's it. You know what I mean? And so and so Houston would hop up to the three seed. Kansas City would go to the four seed. And assuming both teams won, Houston would come here for the divisional round, which would be an absolute bloodbath. And Kansas City would go to Baltimore. So now you need help now because you didn't also win. But, you know, it is what it is. So uh, so we'll see what happens. But listen, let's get let's get focused back on this Kansas City game. The elephant in the room is the is the is the referees. OK, I think. The, did the Patriots get screwed 100%? They played like crap, and we talked about it already. They played like crap for a long for a long portion of that game. But they got screwed really like four or five times. The first challenge by Belichick, although I understand why it wasn't a great challenge by Belichick, number one, that's pass interference by Travis Kelsey. You don't want to call it fine, but that's pass interference by Travis Kelsey. But number two, they spotted the ball at the 40-yard line. The guy got to the 39, maybe. Now, maybe he would have gotten the first down anyways. But you clearly gave them an extra. It wasn't even close. It's not like, oh, he was almost at the 40. No, no, no. He was at the 39. And so maybe they would have respotted it. 
they would have measured and, and then they would have gotten the first down anyway. So the Patriots would have lost a challenge, but that doesn't matter. You got the call wrong after the review. That's, and it's not even like, oh, well, maybe the ball was up before. No, no. It was like, clearly it's 1000% wrong. It's the wrong call. So what the hell are we doing? Why do we even have review if you're going to get the call wrong there? And then, of course, you have the Nikhil Harry touchdown that they got screwed on. You have the Dorsett long pass where he got tackled before the ball got there. And so, you know, a few of those things wrapped into one. And now all of a sudden you're looking like, hey, man, we got screwed. And and look, it's on the Patriots. I get that. And the Saints, let me tell you something. You know, the Saints game that everyone goes back to, that egregious penalty that, you know, didn't get called in the Saints game. And the reason why they have the pass interference rule now the Saints still had a chance to win that game. They had the ball. They could have scored a touchdown there. They kicked the field goal. They got the ball to start overtime. Now, according to some Chiefs fans, when you get the ball to start overtime, you automatically win. And so they didn't. They turned the ball over and they lost the game. And so, you know, they had opportunities to win. That call didn't lose the game for them. And it's the same thing with the Patriots. None of those calls lost the game for the Patriots. But if they don't blow the whistle dead on the Stephon Gilmore play, if they don't call Nikhil Harry out of bounds, if they get the – like. You know, if they call the Philip Dorsett pass interference, like there's so many ones where you're like, you just change that one thing and the game could have been completely different. And so to me, it's an issue. And I'll let you talk about it a little bit, but I do have, um, you know, I do have kind of a, a rule idea um, that I think would really benefit the NFL. Yeah. I mean, to start off with the, with the first challenge by Belichick, the Kelsey, he obviously picked Gilmore, that's pass interference. And if you can remember from the AFC championship game, Belichick was livid when they missed the Sammy Watkins pick on Damian Williams go ahead touchdown. So you know, you know Bill was in their ear before the game. Watch the pick play, watch the pick play. You know, the refs knew about it because that that's all Kansas City does. A lot of teams do it, but I think they do it more just because of the, the the type of team they are. That was a clear pick, you know, and I think Belichick looked at it like, look, I I, I probably, you know, I warned the officials of this before. I'm going to take my chance here. I don't mind the challenge there, but you know, obviously, you know, hindsight's twenty twenty. You'd like to have it on the on the Harry one, and then e- even on the you know PI to Dorset, right? But I mean, it, it's so weird because they didn't play well enough to win that game at all. They didn't deserve to win that game. I, I don't care how well they played in the fourth quarter. Right. They That's they true. didn't they didn't deserve to win that game. But at the same time, it's hard to say that when you just get dogged like that in your own building, and, and you miss blatant like blatant. You know, the touchdown to Nikhil Harry, heart, one of the worst calls I've seen in a while. How, how and then the, the pass the guys interference right at to Philip Dorsett was was even almost as worse. <laughs> like, that, that is a textbook, yeah. what they show officiating, what pass interference is. And I don't want to sound like a spoiled fan and be biased, but that you could talk to Chiefs fan, anybody who is rational, that's a penalty. They screwed them right. multiple, 100%. multiple times. And it's crazy because, like I said, they didn't deserve to win that game at all. The Chiefs outplayed them for 75% of that game, and the Patriots still had a chance to win it at the end, despite all that. Right. No, it's crazy. And, and you know, and so I don't know if you saw this or not, but the NFL, I don't know if it was on, I think it was on Instagram, either Instagram or Twitter, but I'm pretty sure Instagram, they were, like, talking about, like, the, uh, you know, chances of making the playoffs or whatever, and then the Patriots at 99%. And the 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 picture they used for the Patriots, uh, Jerry Thornton, bugged this. Well, yeah, was Nikhil Harry the Nikhil Harry play? I'm like, are you kidding me? Like, that's the that's the photo you use from the the. So, I mean, from that standpoint, and and Thornton was talking about it. And I, I I enjoyed his his blog because he was saying like, I love it because what it shows is that they hate the Patriots. That's not like 
oh, that's that's an accident or it was a mistake or whatever. It was just the first image. No, no, no. That shows a clear bias where they hate the Patriots and they're rubbing it in the Patriots' faces for having that blown call at the end. That would be like if they had the Saints game, if they were like, oh, the Saints' chances of making the playoffs are 99% and they had the pass interference call from last year. It's just unbelievable. I mean, it's like, you know, it, it's it's ridiculous. So I, I just thought that was funny. But anyways, the, the rule change for me, and I think it's really simple. And, and you know, to start the rule change and to start my explanation of the rule change, I want to take you back to the start of the first dynasty back in 20, uh, back in 2000, I guess, January, 2002, Brady fumbles, you know, and, uh, and of course it gets overturned as the tuck rule, but here's the thing that play happened two plays after the two minute warning, because the Patriots had no timeouts, the NFL reviewed it because it was under two minutes. If that play had happened one play before the two minute warning, three or four plays earlier, the Patriots lose the game because they had no timeouts left. And because they had no timeouts at that time, there was no automatic review on a turnover. So they turn the ball over, game's over, they lose, they never win an 0-1, and who knows you know, what they win after that. So the NFL realized, like, wait a second, now, obviously it wasn't because of that play, but the NFL realized, like, wait a second, okay, a turnover is a huge play. So we have to review every single turnover to make sure it's legit. And while we're at it, let's review every single touchdown to make sure it's legit. And that's great. I love that. But what they should add on there is any play that would end up as a touchdown or as a turnover, regardless of what is called on the field, it should be an automatic review. In other words, the Travis Kelsey play, they blow it dead on the field. Okay. They call him down. He's clearly not down. The Patriots shouldn't have to throw a challenge flag on that. The booth should automatically initiate and say, hey, wait. There was a turnover here. We missed it. Boom. Here's a challenge. Nikhil Harry play. Wait a second. It's a touchdown. I know we didn't call it a touchdown on the field, but automatic review, it's a touchdown. Because those games, those plays are the game-changing plays. And they've already defined that by saying, we're going to review every single one of them we call, which is great. That's a good first step. And that's a step in the right direction. But at the end of the day, what we want to do is get the call right. You want to get the call right. That's the whole point. Now, I know in this case it benefited the Patriots, but it doesn't matter who it benefits. The call on the field needs to be the right call. You don't want officials dictating the outcome of games. You just don't want that, especially big games in December. That's the last thing that you want to have happen. So you institute this rule and you say, listen, you still have your two challenges, but anything that would result in a touchdown or a turnover is an automatic review. So you can challenge whether he caught the ball and you can challenge the spot of the ball and you can challenge passing a fear and all this other crap and we'll take care of all the turnovers and all the touchdowns, anything that would. And so then you say, okay, well then that's it. It gets reviewed just like it would be in two minutes. And then those challenges that the team now, again, you screwed up. The ref screwed up. He didn't see it right. He, he blew the call. So now you're saying, well, you blew the call on a game changing play. Now I have to waste one of my challenges because you blew the call on a game-changing play. They blew the Nikhil Harry play. The Patriots got no challenges left, so they couldn't overturn. That shouldn't happen because the call is clearly wrong. And so now we go into it saying, we screwed that one up. There's nothing we could do about it because the Patriots had no challenges left when in actuality, it doesn't matter who has challenges and who doesn't. The calls need to be right on the field, especially in those big game-changing plays. Yeah, and, and like you said, you can even twist it too to have it be 
you know, and everybody, everyone has a problem with the rules at some point, right? Someone's going to like that. Someone's not. You could even make it like if it's a one score game or the fourth quarter and like, you know, a game changing type play, that's an automatic review, right? Like I get what you're saying, but to twist it, like, are they really going to do that in a 41 to seven game? No, they don't give a shit, right? A game in the fourth well, quarter, right. under a score, under 10 points. In a certain, you know what I mean? Like you can have some mathematics behind it where like it has to be a certain situation. Then I like that rule. You know, and, I, and I'm not saying that, that, you know, that's a great idea. And I think that's that would definitely help a lot of games. But they'll just turn around and go, oh, so when the Bengals play the Patriots on Saturday and, or Sunday when it's 41-7, right. are they going to review everything? You know what I'm saying? Like it, I, I well, like right. your point, but I think they can. But like I say, on. to me. To me, it's just it's simple. It, we're only talking about turnovers and touchdowns. I'm not talking and about if you have if you have replay and all this. Twelve yards. You should get every call right. There should be like they they should get There's every no, call right. And that was right. the worst officiating game I have ever seen in football. And they blew some that, calls that on the Patriots too. Horrible. That should have gone to the Chiefs' way. It was brutal. It was just brutal. I mean, it's just some of the calls are you like, what the hell are you looking at? I mean, for for the glove of God, dude. Uh, Sammy Watkins takes Stephon Gilmore and drives him. 15 yards out of bounds. And then the entire Patriots defense runs to the sideline and is on the Chiefs' sideline pushing and shoving. And there is zero penalty flags. How could you have offsetting penalties if you want? But you can't have zero flags on that play. That's insane. It's, I've never seen anything like that before. They just, yeah, they, and, had, they and, completely and to your point, the game. Remember Gronk, the Jonas, the Jonas Gray game? Mm-hmm. He did the same thing, right. only drove the guy maybe the five, club. eight yards. Uh, it, uh, threw him out the club. Yeah, the comment he made, he got 15 yards right. for that. Sammy yeah. Watkins, as, as he should have, Stephon Gilmore right. from, from midfield all, all the way over to the sidelines and then's on top from punching him. No right. flag. That's four. It's, it's, like, it's, it's insane. I mean, Grant, I don't think they scored on that drive. I don't think that really mattered, but like, Field position, like it's it's oh, right. It so no, but bad, even, Pat. But see, the thing so is, is, it's not even it's not even like complaining about the refs and that. It just shows the ineptitude of the refs in that game that they would let that happen without even throwing a flag, not even one penalty flag. I'm not even saying the Chiefs should have been penalized for it. Yes, Watkins definitely should have gotten a penalty, but then the entire defense runs onto the Chiefs sideline, so throw a flag on them and have it be offsetting penalties. Just do the play over again. Like you just. You just can't not throw a flag on that because then you're saying, yeah, it's okay. It's fine. Drag the guy 15 yards out of bounds, run onto each other's sidelines, push and shove everyone. It, it doesn't matter. Do whatever you want. You know, it, it was just a completely lost control of the game. It was an absolute out and out disaster by those guys. And, you know, and again, you know, there were calls that were missed both sides. It, it's, you know, we're fo- obviously focused on, on the but way that's the every game. Screwed. when it's that right. blatant. Yes. And that's the thing. I mean, you know, you miss calls here and there, but they, there was just, I mean, those were just horrific. And again, like you said, they didn't deserve to win. They didn't play well enough to win, but at the end of the day, they kind of did. And so it's like, you know, you, you find you're like, okay, fine. Yeah. You throw the fourth down, you know, you throw the fourth down past Edelman. Should he have thrown it to, um, to, uh, to Myers probably, but I, I don't blame him for not throwing it to Myers. Could Edelman have have gone for the ball instead of letting the ball come to him? Yeah, probably. And like, and another, you know, another switch on the Harry thing too. Like, it just speaks volumes. They were what first, or they were second in goal from the three yard line, or first in goal from the, and you can't punch it in. Like, if if they if they had a halfway decent red zone offense, 
We're not even right. talking about this. Yeah, or maybe yeah. we mention it, but it's not a big deal. That, that like, as an offense, that that's unacceptable. It's, like, right. oh, it's just so frustrating. I know the, the Myers should have had it and, and the kind of dropped it in the corner of the end zone. Just to you know, kind of play devil's advocate too. But I want to stick on Harry here before we get into this Spygate, another bullcrap thing we got to talk <laughs> yeah. about. Terrible week in in for Patriots football. We don't have a lot of them, but terrible <laughs> week. Um, I tweeted out like obviously the outcome in that play sucked, sucked. One of the worst calls I've seen in a long time. Right. But I think at the end of the day, and I didn't tweet this out, but I, I have a kind of hot take about it. That might be a good thing for the Patriots. Because that was the first real time you saw Nikhil Harry get the ball in space and show what he yep. can do as a runner. That was a that was he is super athletic. I didn't know he was that athletic. I didn't know he could move that fast. Once he got going, man, he ran guys over. And, and Daniel said it yeah. in his press conference this week. I got to do a better job of getting the ball in his hands with space. I think right. this is a good game for him. I know I tweeted out. I know he's a first round pick and a rookie should be ready week one. But it's tough to come back. His first game back, he was inactive, was Baltimore, Philly, Dallas, Houston, KC. Very hard to get a rookie acclimated versus teams like that. You know, you're playing right. all division leaders. I know the Philly and, and Dallas suck, but at the time, they were good teams. And, and you know, right. you play Philly and Philly, I don't care what their record is. That's a tough environment. Dallas was rolling at the time. Dak Prescott was the MVP. That was a tough game. It's hard to get a rookie receiver like that acclimated to the playbook. That's why I'm kind of giving him a little bit of a pass. With Cincy this week and after that play, what he kind of showcased he could do a little bit more than what we, you know, his skill set might have offered to them. I think that's a good thing. I think you're going to see Stark getting him the ball in space, maybe r- run some crossers like they did with the Gronk, uh, with the Gordon. I want them to use him in a Gronkowski role, hit him on the yep. seam, I agree. play action, hit him. You know, like yep. he's big enough to do that stuff. And, and like I said, I think at the end of the day, that might be a good thing for this offense because you saw what he can do. That's a great point. And he's not a great route runner either. So, you know, ask him to run slants and, and ins and digs and stuff like that. It's not great because he's not no. he's not great at the, you know, crossers, jump balls, you know, play right. outside the numbers here and there. And, those, and that seam, it's like, hey, just run down the middle of the field and I'll throw it to you and you go get it. Brady's you know? the best at that. Best ever. Yeah. Seam pass. Yeah. He's unbelievable. And you, and you throw that play action in there when, you know, if the run is working, you throw that play action in there and that play action down the scene, when they hit Lacoste, I was like, Oh my God, that's the wrong play. Like I, I, someone caught it. Like, you know, so, and if you can use Harry in that role, you know, with his athleticism and the way he runs and, and, and his the way hands aren't a question, you know? I don't think his hands no. are a question. Not at all. Nope. You know, I agree. So. And so the, my biggest concern with Nikhil Harry is, you know, is he made of glass? That's my biggest concern, man. I mean, the guy, you know, the guy caught two passes in the preseason and, you know, hurt himself and was out for eight weeks. Then he comes in, you know, and and he catches a pass and he makes a great play, you know, in, in the Kansas City game. And then he can't go back in the game because his hip is hurting him. And I'm like, like uh, come on, dude, you're going to get hurt every time you touch the ball. And so, like, that, that's a concern to me that, you know, it can only be alleviated by him playing. Now, he's he's basically played a full, you know, he fully practiced today. I'm pretty sure he played fully practiced on Wednesday as well. So, you know, that the the practices aren't an issue now. He's fine, but it's like, okay, he clearly wasn't like hurt, but his hip was bothering him, so he couldn't go back in. Like, that's not a great sign. Because if it's him running that that in route instead of uh instead of Myers there, Brady might throw it to him, you know, and then and then they score a touchdown and tie the game. And so who knows? So that's the type of stuff that I worry about is, you know, can he hold up? And, uh, you know, and, and we just haven't seen enough. We haven't seen enough of him, and, and hopefully he can. 
I feel like th- this we're beating just a tr- we've talked about the offense and Nikhil Harry, the same yeah. subject for like uh, weeks, maybe eight, eight weeks. <laughs> I'm not even kidding, dude. Like nothing's changing. We got to like we got to change our mojo up because we have be jinxing this guy. But, you know, I, I do like and I said it again. I said it before. I do want to see him start to get the ball yeah. in some space and see what he can do as a runner because he's six three two twenty five. He 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 can run over anybody on the field. Really, really, right. you know what I mean. I'll so, tell you what. Yeah. Um, no, my big issue is, and I don't mean to cut you off, Spags. I'm sorry, but uh, my no, big no, issue no. Go ahead. Um, that I have, at least, is that um, I'm very concerned with. Well, not very concerned. I think. I think if you if you're grading Belichick the GM, okay, and I had said this from the beginning, okay, from like week like week five, the guy they should have targeted during the trade deadline was Emmanuel Sanders, not Mohamed Sanu. Emmanuel Sanders. We go out and we give up a second round pick for Mohamed Sanu, which is a ton of draft capital. For a guy who's never been a number one. And I know you're not asking him to be a number one here. I get that. But man, he just he looks slow. I don't know if he's hurt. I think it's I don't the know ankle, what the Pat. I, I think it's the but ankle because he was God. when they were running, you know, three wide receiver sets, it was Dorsett, Myers, and Edelman. I don't think yeah. in a million years if Mohamed Sanu is healthy, Jacoby Myers is not over the field on him. Right. So that, no, that's the only right. reason I'm holding that hope. And I and I I I agree. I know we talked about it when the first, when the trade went down, you would actually yeah. woke me up about the trade and you would say <laughs> yeah. second round pick. It's too expensive. And I was like, screw it. Like I'm like, Oh, they can't draft the second round. Right. Anyways, like being stubborn. I, I want to, <laughs> you know, tell myself it's good, but I thought, you know, what he could bring here would really help because I think his skill set does fit. And we saw what right. he could do in the Baltimore game. I think that's when he's healthy. Um, I just think after that punt return in Philly, he hasn't been the same. I think that ankle's bothering him. And and kind of, you know, to to wrap things up on this game and kind of going forward, I can't remember a team, and I and they're not normally fighting for at least a two seed, but I can't think of a team in years past that needs that by more than this team. Like Edelman's Garden. shoulders so bad, bad, his knees bad. He's hanging on by a thread. Sanu's right. hurt. Harry's made a glass. You know, Dorsett's got the concussion. Tom's like they're banged up, man. This yeah. One of the most injured, and, and they don't have the depth that they had before, so it's obviously you know worse this year than than in years past. Because you know if Edelman goes down, you can Emmanuel plays that role. You know Hogan's fine. You know like you have right. guys that you could trust in the depth. This year they got guys banged up like pretty bad, playing through some tough shit that they they normally would in January, February. Right now, this team needs a buy. They need to win out, right. they, they, and they should. They should 100%. no problem. But yeah, I agree. They need it. Hundred percent. Oh, you're totally right, and I, and I think too, like not only do they need the buy where they get a where they get some rest, but they need to only play, you know, as as few games as possible, you know, because they, you're right. If like, they play wild card weekend, it's over. They ain't going straight. A hundred percent, I agree with that. Fully. I know they'll play so, Pittsburgh or someone like that and spank them. Yeah, they'll it's smoke them, but it doesn't game. matter. Another yeah. game. Yeah, I agree. So, all right, so let's move on. Uh, we'll talk about this stupid spy gate crap. And look, uh, I just think. Everyone's blowing it out of proportion. I know it's the Patriots. I get it. I understand it's the Patriots. You know, we cheated back in the original Spygate because we were filming from somewhere other than where you could be filming. You can film from one spot, but you can't film from another spot. Okay, fine. All right, we did that. Deflategate, uh, listen, I'm, we're not even going to talk about Deflategate because I can go over 15 different reasons why Deflategate never actually happened. And, you know, and, and it's and it's all a bunch of malarkey. 
I'm not going to do that because we don't have the time for that and no one wants to hear that. But nevertheless, you talk about the Patriots cheating. And so, of course, everyone brings up the Spygate 2.0 and everything. I'm sorry, man, but if do you think I, I can't imagine, and, and people talk about these big conspiracy theories and, well, oh, the best place to hide is in plain sight. Oh, it makes sense. I mean, why wouldn't you show wearing Boston stuff, camera crew, and, you know, you're you're documented there and everyone knows that you're there and it's a camera crew. And you're, like, yeah, what? Like, you think they're going to be filming with a camera crew that's clearly affiliated with the Patriots around all these other guys that are writers in the middle of the press box filming? That's the stupidest thing I've ever heard in my entire life. And people don't know what B-roll is, apparently. But B-roll is just stuff that you never use. It's like, okay, we want a shot of the sideline. So shoot the sideline for five minutes. And then we'll pick 10 seconds that we like. That's what B-roll is. So they're shooting B-roll on the sideline because, hey, here's what I'm looking at on the thing. Okay, I'm looking at the guys and I'm writing down, taking notes, you know, when they put people in and this and that. Okay, let's film it for, you know, for five minutes. And then we'll cut it up and splice it and everything else. Fine. But like the Patriots aren't using this stuff. And anyone that thinks they're stupid enough to do that after Belichick said, we'll never do that ever again. And after the fact they've done it before and gotten caught, it just doesn't make any sense. And it's the freaking Bengals for the love of God. Come on, man. Yeah. And and you make a great point, right? I mean, the, the, the people that are like, oh, you know, it's, it's, Almost, oh, they're too stupid to do that, so so th- this is the way to get time. No. And second of all, anything you see there, it, 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 with the radio headset now, all that stuff, it, there's no signals. There's no hand signals. The guy's got the, the play sheet in front of his mouth. He's signaling in. They, they can't really pick anything up on the sideline. Right. Maybe, you know what I mean? Enough is, like you said, and the Bengals. Yeah. You know, but at the same time, I know it's the Patriots. Everybody hates the Patriots. But playing devil's advocate, it's – it's like the boy who cried wolf. You got caught for Spygate. You, the the flake gate. Yeah, I know. It's bullshit. It wasn't true. All this. You got caught. Right. You got popped for it. And now this, it's like, you know, it's you're, you're giving the media, especially a media that, that hates the Patriots, right. a reason to spice this up more than yep. it is. And I do, and I listened to Tommy Curran, his podcast, and he had Matt Castle on. And he had said, you know, when Bill got caught for Spygate, he owned it. He said, right. you know, like, you know, we got caught. I screwed up. I will never do this again. You know, they accepted the punishment. He got fined $500,000. The team got fined. A million. They lost the first round pick, and then they got yep. fined a million. And then yep. Deflategate, he came out when they, when that AP guy who, who wrote for eight, whatever, the some, some he was a national writer, was going back and forth with the playbook uh, in his press conference before the Super Bowl, before they left for Arizona. Belichick brought up Spygate and was like, look at, we did this. We we're filming. Other teams are doing it. We got caught. I said, I would never do this again. I have nothing to do with this. We did not. He, he was sincere right. about it. You know, and I know yep. it's like, oh, Belichick's true. That is the most media driven thing I've ever seen. He is the smartest coach of all time. He's a, he's a legacy. He's a living legacy right now. If you think this guy needs to cheat against the Bengals to, to win a football game with, where, I could pat you could play and throw lefty and they they'd probably have a six. I'd still bet the Patriots minus nine this weekend. They're, like it's so it's stupid true. and it, it just it's true. It's it it adds up to just a shitty week in in Patriot. Like I said, you know, yeah. with the with the refs and how that game ended right. and how the and offense has been. That. And I kind of yeah. want to touch upon this too. It's a little off topic, but I was having dinner tonight with some of my buddies and and you know he's not a Patriots fan. Likes to give me some shit, but like he you know he gets it. And I had said you know. 
this season has just been so exhausting. It's been yeah. so, and I sound so spoiled because this season would be a best season for 95% of the franchises <laughs> in the league. But from the start, you had you had Robert Kraft with the spa incident. You yeah. had Brady's contract, Brady's future that's been going on since training camp. You had the Antonio Brown saga, the drama of bringing him in here. People 50-50 about it. I didn't want it to happen. I was open. Right. I'm on the record saying that yep. I saw him play, saw what he can do this offense, want him back. Then they release him a week later. The drama he has brought on social media towards the Patriots. Nonstop. I've never seen a, a player who has played crazy 24 snaps for a team have so much attention. <laughs> you had that. Then you have the spy gate. Then you have, you know, uh, um, the, the offense not playing well. Tom's on. Unha- it's just been so freaking exhausting this season. And I yeah. and I know it's it's. I, I don't want to sound you know spoiled and, and cranky. No, but you, yeah, maybe but, halfway there, man. It's true. It's right. so uncharacteristic this season. Well, I think I think you're 100 percent right. And I think the big thing is too. Yeah. This has been going on for so long. I mean, it's been it's been here. We've been doing this, you know, since 2001 with Brady and Belichick. And so, and now you look at this season and you're wondering, you know. What's what's going on with Brady? What's going to happen with Brady next year? And I think that that's the biggest thing. And I think you know when you start thinking about what goes into it. Okay, what what type of talent are they putting around him? Right? He clearly wants more talent around him. That's why they went out and signed Demarius Thomas. That's why they went out and drafted a wide receiver in the first round, which they've never done in Belichick's tenure. That's why they went out and signed Antonio Brown when he was available. That's why they kept Josh Gordon. That's why they. They're doing all these things to try to keep Brady. Meanwhile, Brady puts his house on the market. Right. They trade second-round pick for Sanu, right? So, meanwhile, Brady puts his house on the market. Everyone freaks out. Brady now steps down from best buddies. Now, he's still going to be doing a lot, but he stepped away from best buddies a little bit, which is which to me is more terrifying than, than the house thing. And so, you I see, think— for me, it's not because I just think— I know we're off topic here. We're supposed to be talking about Spygate, but it is bullshit. Yeah. I don't even want to give it more time than it is because everyone's <laughs> been hearing it. But— I think it's more for family reasons. You know, I think yeah, maybe. he did a lot behind the scenes that we didn't see. Obviously, right. he did the best buddies, the game, and then the bike. And I think he'll still continue to do that. But I think with his kids getting older and he kind of sees the end coming, it's more so like, I'm going to take a backseat role. You know, Edelman right. and Tatum are going to take over. Um, it, it is, it, I mean, with everything that's added up, how unhappy right. he is, and then the house right. and this, it, it does add a little bit of fuel to the fire. Um. But I, you know, it, it is a little, you know, it's it, I, no, I'm but taking you, a, you're I'm right. Okay about and, it. No, no, and I understand. But but my big thing is that I think Patriots fans look at it and say it's coming to an end. Now, might it end this year? Might it end next year? We don't know, but it's coming to an end, and we want to win one more Super Bowl at least before that happens. And so you start looking at this team and wondering, can we compete? Can we beat the Chiefs? Can we beat the Ravens now? Can we beat the Niners? Or can we beat you know Seattle and, and you know whoever else they we're going to play? They right, can't now, right now they can't. And so now, so it's like, okay, they started out nine and zero, and you're like, all right, this team is super hot. Their defense is amazing. And this, and, that, and they start playing some good teams some good offenses. And you're like, oh man, okay, this defense is still good. They're still very good. They're probably a top five defense in the NFL, but they're not the 85 bears. They're not as good as maybe we thought they were. And so now you're like, okay, do we have a chance of making the Super Bowl? And then, okay, fine. Maybe we don't win the Super Bowl. Maybe we, maybe we do. What's going to happen next year? So there's a lot of anxiety going into this year because we don't know what the future holds, and we're not sure if we're going to if we have the capability of winning. Now we were in the same situation last year 
one week later. Matter of fact, going into this week, they had just lost the Miracle in Miami. They were going into Pittsburgh. They played a terrible game against Pittsburgh and lost to Pittsburgh and then figured it out against two crappy teams at on the last two games of the season and went into the playoffs a completely different team. And so, you know, maybe they're able to turn it around and maybe we say, hey, these three games, they build off the Cincinnati win. They they beat Buffalo, but like you know, right now it's really scary and people are, and people are nervous. And I, and I think that they have a right to be nervous and they should be nervous. And I think, you know, your point, your point, you know, is very well taken. So we are going to move on just to one second, but I do want to talk, I want to talk back about the Spygate thing just for a second. I was watching this dink on highly questionable and I'm not even sure who he was to, to be completely honest. Don't they even have say his name. On there. He's a, yeah. He's an idiot. They have Levitard. They have another one. I don't know who she was and they have some other dude. And he's like, I watch the do your job things. And I'll tell you what, man, I watch 10 minutes of each one. And if I was going to like set up a sham to, to, you know, record, like, this is what it would look like. And I'm like, wait a second. So, so you're telling me this is what people, this is how insane people are. This is how absolutely insane people are. People are actually making the argument that the Patriots started doing this web series thing last off season so that they could film the Cincinnati Bengals sideline before a meaningless week 15 game. If you watch them, Pat, it's on the, it's on the athletic trainers, the equipment managers. It's all obviously they do the, do your job documentaries. That's what happens when you win a six Super Bowls. You do a documentary every year. You morons. You've never, you've never experienced that. So what? Oh, that people like them. They want to see what it's like. They have these, episodes of little people it could be the freaking cafeteria lady like do your job thing what does she do she keeps the team you know she feeds but but everybody behind the scenes yeah it's just i know one of the guys who was who was on it who was one of the focus and i'm like hey i'm like don't get too big of a head now okay like you're in you know but like but it's funny and it's like whatever it's some stupid thing but for people to say for people to actually say well you know it was just a front so that they could do this and film well they're not doing this every game this is the only game they're doing it for. So you think that this whole thing was a ruse so they could film the Cincinnati Bengals sideline before a week 15 matchup. What, and and what not, to, not to mention, Pat, maybe, you know, push comes to shove. They, they, you know, they waited for a game like this to do it because it was the Bengals. Right. Because they're not doing this the, the Ravens game because right. like maybe, you right. know, I, I know that the camera guy's a freaking moron and he, he should be the, you know, and that whole crew should be, Enemy number one, not Belichick and all these right. guys. But if you're going to yeah. do it, maybe they're like, all right, let's do it for Cincinnati. So if God yeah. forbid, you know, the camera thing and, and all this, they see, they're, right. they're looking at it going, okay, it's a one in 12 Bengals, like a normal person would. Yeah. But I mean, the other thing too is that they cleared it with the Browns. The Browns knew they were there. The Browns PR guy knew what they were doing, knew they were taking f- cameras into the, like, this is what they were doing. It's not like they hit it and were filming it on an iPhone. They had like a legitimate camera, so they're filming with a legitimate camera. It like it just it doesn't make any sense. It just it's so dumb. And people are going on and on about it. And look, they'll get fined. And the reason they'll get fined, well, number one, they'll get fined because they're of the being business. stupid. They're getting fined That's for it. being stupid. They get and fined they deserve for being to be dumb. fined. They do deserve to be fined. They don't deserve to lose two first-round picks. They don't deserve for Belichick to be suspended for a year or kicked out of the league. That is bullshit. Excuse my French. No, but it is. You're out of your mind. He has absolutely nothing. He even said, Tommy Curtin said, the Spygate thing 
if he had a hundred things when they were doing that, if he had a hundred things to do before game day, that was number 99. Right. Right. It, like it's, it's mind boggling. Yeah. It was irrelevant at the time. It's even more relevant now. There's a 0% chance that they were even going to look at any of that film. It's just, it's, it's just stupid. It's just and, really and like stupid. I, and honestly, like I did, and there was, go ahead. no, I was just gonna say there was eight minutes, eight minutes on the sideline. You're telling me that they did this whole thing for eight minutes of footage. Like what the hell are we talking about? And and to bring a positive out like I did with the Harry play, um, I guess the only positive you can see, and and, and Matt Castle talked about it, that you know Tommy Curran kind of asked him, you know, when when this came out, how was the energy in the room? And he had said, listen, they are so good at that stuff. You know, Bill says the the the, the world could be crashing down outside, but as long as things are good in this building, we're okay. They said, ignore that. We'll handle it. Just worry about your task. This is another motivating, you know, piece for this yeah. football team. It may be something that they need a little kick in the ass, you know, since he's running their mouth and, and Zach Taylor. I know we talked about it, the no comment thing. Like, buddy, who who do you think you are? You're a one in twelve coach. What's he a first year coach do? Like, yeah. I love Joe Barrow. I'm so pissed he's going there now. I like if they take him, <laughs> they probably are. Like, like they're gonna they're gonna put a. F- I mean, they probably would have either way. But like, if there's any a game to get this offense going and for yeah. a little kick in the ass, it's right now. No, this is this is going to be the Joe Gibbs game. You know, if the offense can get it going, this is going to be the Joe Gibbs game. Oh my God! Like, you know, I hope Belichick drop be. kicks with like, yeah. you know, you know, lines up for a field goal and and they do something, <laughs> a fake field goal pass with four seconds. Oh like, man, just just a big f you. Yeah. You know, just yeah. like, to the whole league. Hey, you know to what? The Bengals. Honestly, a story of this. Honestly, you know what? Like, I just hope third quarter, seven minutes left to go in the se- seven minutes left to go in the fourth quarter. Patriots have the ball like second and 10 on the Bengals, like 40 and Brady just takes two knees and just says, nah, screw it. We'll just punt. We don't need to, we don't need to score on you anyways. And just friggin' take a knee. I mean, it's just, you know, like it's one of those things where it's just like, they They'd just never do they, that, but you wish they would. No, no, I know. I know. But I mean, <laughs> I, like, no, but yeah. I'm just like, oh, I wish you, they you would know, give big double middle finger to the entire league. Yeah. And, and they won't, and they will never, they will never overtly say anything like that. They'll never say anything. They'll never do anything. like They'll just say, Hey, look, you just play. We're here. We're in the NFL. We play. So, you know, if we win by 60, we win by 60. What are you going to do? We're just playing the game, you know? And so I think, and especially this week where the offense has been so bad, I don't, if they could score 150 points, they're going to stay out there because the offense has been so terrible. They got to work on things. And so, you know, but look, it is what it is. I, I just think this whole Spygate crap, it's just another reason for people to pour on and, you know, and go nuts about it and, and make all these stupid accusations about them cheating and all this other stuff. And it's just, you know, it's one of those things where it's like Belichick. It's one thing too, Pat. I'm nervous about yeah. just because of how unfair the league has been in, in terms of penalties. It like you know with the cheating scandals. I just hope they don't come down and drop a hammer on him again. Like if you were to say that was going to happen with Deflategate, I would have said you're out of your mind. If right. you told me when this first thing came out, Tom Brady was going to suspended four games. You know, uh, they they the lose round, a first yeah. round pick and they get fined a million dollars. Like I would have said. There's a 45-7 game. Get the hell out of here. Right. But I, right. that's the only thing I'm worried about, just because of the history. Like I said, the no, it's true. Off. Right. It's true. And that's and I think that that's, that's a big thing, you know, and, and it's not to be taken lightly. And look, we talked about how, you know, people think it was a big conspiracy or whatever. Well, were they doing it before? Right? Were they filming from the press box before? Well, probably not because there will no be proof. reports of Get it. Get out of here. But at the same time, were they deflating balls still? Well, 
probably not because there was no it proof. Sounds it. Like, it sounds like, and it sounds like they, you know what they I mean? cooperated. You know, they sent the tape yeah. right to the league as soon as Medium. this came out. They sent it. Yep. They sent it to the Bengals. They sent it to the league. They're cooperating. Right. Um, yeah. so I, I just hope this thing gets handled quick. I know yeah, with the flake, they said, Oh, this will be, this will be finished up in two weeks. And it took 18 months. I don't right, think this right. is the case. I just hope, no, you know, they, I, I would expect find them, whatever, find them, whatever, yeah. and just get the shit over with. Just, just I would expect know, a, don't even a sweep fine, it under the rug. Yeah. Right. Right. Uh, find a craft is what I would think. You know, you find craft hundred thousand dollars or something, something like that. You know, you just say, what are you doing? That's just stupid. You got to know the policy. You got to know the procedure. You got to do the procedure. Right. Right. It's not Belichick. It's not the team. That's your entertainment group that is doing this. They got to follow the right channels. Like, what the hell are you doing? hundred thousand all fine. Like, that's just stupid, which was it was dumb and they deserve to get fined because it was stupid. But again, it's just one of those things where it's like they talk about the Patriots cheating. And it just it, when, when people talk about the Patriots cheating, it drives me nuts because you think about, you know, the Broncos when the Broncos won their back to back Super Bowls. Right. The Broncos cheated like crazy to win those Super Bowls. They deferred payments on their contracts so that they could stay under the salary gap so that they could win those Super Bowls. So in other words, they were cheating the league so that they could win those Super Bowls. Were they punished? Yeah, fine. Yeah, no big deal. Eh, don't worry about it. Nothing to see here. Just sweep it all under the rug. This does, It doesn't matter. And so it just this, it happens over and over and over again. And it you know it's the most serious thing on the Patriots. No one else lost the first round pick since the 80s. And the Patriots have lost two. And it's just like, okay, like, what are we doing here? At a certain point, it's just like, come on, like those, we could use those, you know, those guys could have helped. And so, you know, you look at the guy, what, 2016 draft we lost, was it 2016 draft we lost the first round pick? It was 2016 draft, right? 20 and so, 2015. 2015. And then 2017, we traded it for Brandon Cooks. So, right, right. Okay. So 2015, we lost the first round pick. Probably could have used it. Right, probably could use that first round pick. I mean, you look at that 2015 draft, and it was a joke. And so, part of the reason it was a joke is because we didn't have a first round pick. And so, you know, it, you just start looking at it and just saying, "Man, like they they got screwed multiple times." And, and you know, it is what it is. So, anyways, I think that's it. I think we're done. Uh, you know, like I said, we're not even talking about the Bengals. The Bengals just suck, dude. They just they're terrible. I mean, they, they're they're at a point right now where they've benched Andy Dalton for Ryan Finley. I mean, like, come on. Like, what are we doing talking about the Bengals? Benching so, Andy Dalton for Joe Burrow, basically. <laughs> right, pretty much, right. Yeah. So, uh, you know, it's it's a joke. So if they don't win, and I think the big thing this week is not going to be them winning. It's going to be how they win, and that's going to mm-hmm. be the big thing. If they win 21-7, to 7, then you're like, well, what the hell is the offense doing? Right? I was looking, I was so looking at this game like I don't even score. Like, I look forward to football and we've been blessed for five straight weeks with good games. Like I wasn't even looking forward to this cause it's like, shit, we're back to the first eight weeks. Yeah. But after all this shit this week, oh, I can't wait for oh, one yeah. o'clock. Can't wait. Extremely can't wait. excited. Yeah. So no, next week same we will be next week. We will be back with a live show. I believe. Yep. Uh, yep. We're going to try to do that. Um, been talking to our good pal, Evan Lazar. I think he's going to come on. We're going to figure that out. Obviously, we'll let you guys know which night, probably Wednesday night or, or, or yeah, Thursday probably. night. We'll figure it out. But um, but yeah. Yeah, make sure you subscribe to the YouTube channel, Pat's Pulpit YouTube channel. Uh, you can you can hit us up on there. But and also, you know, make sure you subscribe to the um to the Pat's Pulpit Radio Network and look the, the podcast network. You go on to Pat's Pulpit, you download, you know, you go onto the feed, you click subscribe, and you get a you get a new show every single day. Monday, Wednesday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. You get a show every single day. I mean, you can't beat that. So, you know, you don't want to listen to talk radio and talk radio sucks and you hate it. 
and you're like, screw this. I wish they would talk about the Patriots and be like objective and not just be trying to get hot takes. Come listen to us instead. We'll break down the game for you. We'll look at it objectively. And, you know, and then you don't have to listen to friggin, you know, the two to six show on, on uh, sports app, which we won't talk about, but uh, <laughs> you know, you can listen to us instead. So anyways, thanks for listening as always. And, uh, and we'll see you next week.